close your eyes with me and just take a uh, moment of reverence. We just got through singing about the love of God and how much we love God more than anything. Now let it resonate with us. Think of why you love the divine more than anything. God, for where we are, we thank you. For where we come from, we thank you and we love you. And for where we are going, we thank you and we love you. We trust, God, that you indeed are in this place. You are in the hearts and the spirits of each and every individual in this sanctuary. For that, God, we give you thanks and we say we love you. We know that you are always with us. And so, God, be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen people of God, you know, I like to start with affirmations. If you don't know much about affirmations, it's an affirmative way of prayer. Too often we, um, we ask God for things, right? It's nothing wrong with beseeching and asking God to give us things. But sometimes our mindset is coming from, give us these things because we don't have these things. And yet in the presence of God and divine providence, God is over here, right? God is here. And so we affirm that the presence of God, the goodness of God, and the blessings of God are indeed with us. And so let us do our affirmations now. Will you repeat after me? God is here. God is here. I, am I am anointed. I am worthy. I am worthy. My, mind is My mind is renewed. I believe I am able. I I am able. And so it is. Well, people of God, our theme for today, Rev. Kristen mentioned it earlier, it's Stewardship Month. Yay! Let's try that again. It's Stewardship Month. Yay! Stewardship Month. Well, we're excited. Let me say that again. We are excited to give of our time, our treasure, and our talent. And we've spoken about our treasure. We've spoken about time. And today we're going to talk a little bit about talent. Now, we know what kind of talent we have here in this faith community. If you've ever been to a Broadway review or a sorted lives play by Jubilee Theater volunteers or just here on a Sunday morning with our worship arts ministries, you know the talent that we have in this room and in this community of faith. If you've been here during uh, the week, you would see our uh, data, data entry volunteers doing such sexy volunteer work uh, during the week in front of the computer. Um, no, absolutely. Uh, we have people stuffing envelopes. Um, we've got ushers this morning. We've got youth ministry, nursery volunteers who are doing what they can and actually sacrificing part of their worship. Um, they can't be with us, so they're being uh, with the kids, and that is their worship, and they're a living sacrifice, as Paul would say. But we're grateful that they're doing what they do. We're grateful that the Pride Charities folks hand out food bags during the week. We're grateful that they do what they do. But Resurrection MCC, we know we have many gifts talents and a strong commitment from so many in this community and we also know that this is only a glimpse of the possibilities that God has in store for this community of faith. Thank you for all that you do just by your presence as Reverend Kristen said earlier. Presence is a big part of being engaged in the life of the community and so we thank you for just being here and being engaged with your spiritual walk. It is important 
Sometimes our spiritual walks can be a little sweaty, right? It can be a little dirty. Sometimes we got to put a little sweat equity uh, into it. And so we clean things or, or we sweat out things like in yoga or in body blast. Um, sometimes we're cleaning fallen trees and, and mowing the lawn. Um, uh, sometimes sweat equity, it means Rev. Kristen needs to clean out her office. Um, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. The truth of the matter is, my office is much dirtier than hers, and that says a whole lot right now. <laughs> but we are thankful and amazed at everything you do and the things we don't even know about, but just you spreading a good word about our community of faith and all the good that God is doing in the life of our community. Today we're talking about talent and commitments, but rather than simply asking you to just recommit yourselves to the work that you are doing in some volunteer capacity. Um, we will still do that, of course, but rather than just do that, we ask that you please come next Sunday when you bring your pledge cards after the 11 o'clock service, whether you're a volunteer now or you're interested in being a volunteer, you all are invited to a celebration where we're going to celebrate all the things that God has been doing through the life of our community. But please, please, please come, and uh, I'm going to ask us all to commit next Sunday, and there's a reason, because when you commit to something, you are making room for God to do some transformative work in your life and in the life of this church. People of God, our first reading this morning comes from a, a Southern Baptist minister and former president of Mercer University, Dr. Kirby Godsey. Now, if you never heard of Dr. Godsey, you would love him. He's a gift to many rational thinking, many God-loving folks, especially same gender-loving and queer people. While at Mercer University, the denomination the school was affiliated with was, of course, the Southern Baptist Convention. How many Southern Baptists do we have in, in the room? Yes, yes, I see. Don't be ashamed. Raise that hand. That's okay. Yes, Southern Baptists. Well, Dr. Gutsy had a few run-ins with the Southern Baptists, as I'm sure you've had some run-ins with the Southern Baptists. A gay student alliance was formed at Mercer University, and the Southern Baptist Convention did not like that and wanted Dr. Godsey to do something about it. But instead of putting a stop to it, Dr. Godsey promoted it, and he supported it, and he ignored the wishes of the Southern Baptist Convention to their dismay. And because he did this, they disaffiliated. He did other things also. They disaffiliated with Mercer University. But not only that, because he did this and he made other bold statements for equality, for the unconditional love of all people, people sent him hate mail. People sent him threats. People threatened his life because he believed in unconditional love. And yet even still, that did not stop Dr. Godsey from talking about what God had put in his heart. He continued to do what he had to do, and he continued to write books, such as Is God a Christian? And the book that is in our bulletin, when we talk about God, let's be honest. And when someone asked Dr. Godsey, where did this boldness come from? Dr. Godsey, where did this transformation begin in you? You're not the traditional Southern Baptist minister. You don't have the traditional Southern Baptist theology. So how did this transformation take place in your life? And Dr. Godsey reflected upon it, and he said, if I had to say when the transformative work began in my life, it was when I was a teenager and working after school as a jerk at the soda fountain. 
I'm not cussing. If you know what a soda jerk is, raise your hand, please. Anyone? Yes. Wow. Instead of, I am not going to lie. I looked at Wikipedia. I was like, I have no idea what a soda jerk is, but I should have just sent an email to all of you. Um, soda jerks. Basically, the mixologist uh, back when, right? Mixologists, not just bartenders, but they did things like ice cream floats and made their own sodas. But it was much more than just making concoctions. It was also about showmanship and mingling with people and making people feel at home and putting on a show for folks. Dr. Gatsi said, I found out that I had a talent to do uh, soda jerking, as they called it. And the reason they called it, that's a real, that's a real term, that's a real term. <laughs> Take it easy. Uh, but the reason they called it uh, soda jerking, Gemma, you were reminded, is because of the, uh, 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 the, the pull handle. There you, go. there you go. There you go. I think I saw that in a documentary once. That, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, and yet Dr. Godsey said he did this for a summer, but he loved it. And there were some things he did not like about it. And he said in his position as a soda jerk, he got to see what honest religion was all about. You see, in his small town, everyone was Christian, right? And yet, as he worked during the day, people would come in, they would do their business deals, and he would show them a good time. And then in the evening, some of the more wealthy folks would come in in fur coats and try to get an ice cream float before they go off to the theater. But they would walk in the front door, and they would walk by someone who had no home, who was soliciting for donations so he could have a meal someone who had no roof over his head, and you get wealthy coming in to buy their ice cream floats. And as soon as the more well-to-do left the soda parlor, then from the back door come African-Americans, and they were relegated to the back entrance. Some of them couldn't even come to the soda fountain bar and see all the great concoctions that Dr. Godsey was making. He didn't even get to serve all of them all of the time because of what people said back then. And he said he began to realize, began to see what real faith was all about. He saw authentic faith from folks. He saw inauthentic faith. He saw real religion. He saw disingenuous religion. And he saw spiritual people who really disappointed him. And he said he began to ask questions from that day forward. And so every time he went to church, it was keeping in mind how people were being treated, how oppressed and marginalized communities uh, factored into what we believed in this kingdom of God. He said, from that day forward, I began to have an open mind, and I was transformed, just as Paul would say, be transformed by the renewal of your minds. But it started, he said, because I realized I had this talent for soda jerking. Many of you have been involved in Resurrection MCC. Many of you have been involved in different volunteer ministries because you have been transformed yourself. And so you got involved so God could transform the lives of others. That's one of the reasons why we volunteer and we seek commitments in terms of our talents. And yet I think there's a bit more to it also. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am just not going to ask you to recommit next Sunday. We're not going to ask you uh, just to recommit your talents. We want to talk and go a little deeper this morning. Talking about transformation, we have to talk about the Apostle Paul. 
in his letter to the churches in Rome, he wants to encourage members to be a part of this new movement that he calls Christianity. He wants people to be so fully committed that they will give their all so God can transform hearts and lives and ultimately the world. But you notice in Romans, he starts off with the phrase, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. You hear it quoted a lot. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Now, we have to ask ourselves, what does the renewing of one's mind have to do with sharing your gifts and talents? Now, we all already saw people get involved so they can effect transformation, right? You get involved, and then God transforms things. God works through us, for us, and as us. We absolutely can believe that. But what else? I'm going to be honest with you and say that there are many of us in this room who cannot afford to wait for the transformation to happen. There are too many of us in our lives, there are too many of us who go through different life situations that we cannot afford to wait until weeks or months of volunteering somewhere for God to do what God is supposed to do in our lives. And so for many of us, we need the renewal of our minds right here and right now. And yet, it's easier said than done. We need the transformation so we can truly serve and use our gifts and talents. It's amazing. Sometimes we ask folks, will you be a communion server? And no, 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 no. That's not my gift. That's not my calling, right? You should sing in the choir. No, 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 no. That's not my gift. That's not my calling. And yet, how many people in the gospel ensemble right now you didn't think you could sing at all. And look at you, singing in one accord in unity for the praise and the glory of God. Amen? And not just the gospel ensemble, our whole worship arts ministry. But I think a good portion of where the problem lies is, let's be honest, we don't think we're good enough, right? I can't serve communion because I'm not holy enough, right? I can't serve communion because I was out last night, and if you saw what I was doing, right? I can't, I can't sing in the choir because I just don't have it in me. God has not given me that gift, or so we think. And so we ask you, if I ask you, what are you good at? You would begin to think about your strengths, about your gifts, about your talents, about things that God has blessed you with. You would ponder on these things, but for some of us, when we ask, what are you good at, our minds can quickly pay games on us. And so instead of, what are you good at, we hear something like, what good are you? Now, this is far wider than just volunteering at church, right? It affects your family life, your relationships, right? It affects your jobs. It affects the things you do in your community. It affects your relationship with God, right? You hear the voice of God calling on your heart, saying, I want you to do this. I want you to get involved. I want you to do more and follow your own calling. And all you hear is the mind playing tricks on you. All you hear is, what are you good for? I'm not good for anything. People of God, this is far deeper than just volunteering. 
Yes, we're here to talk about talents, but we need to talk about what keeps us from exercising and uncovering and discovering what it is that God has given us, not just for the sake of our church, but for the sake of your health and well-being in your personal life. There are far too many of us who are going through, uh, going to a job where we just, we, we, we click in and we, we show up, but we're not really there, right? It's not really fulfilling us. It's not what God has called you to do, but you're too scared to do something else. And why is that? Because you're here, you feel like maybe it's never going to get better, right? You feel like maybe this is the best it's going to get. Maybe I'm stuck in this abusive relationship. Maybe I just have to deal with it. What are you good for? Maybe this is all that I'm good for, just to be someone's punching bag, not just physically, but also emotionally. And it's not just relationships, it's also with your God. You see, many of us claim to believe in a loving God, right? A God who loves us. And yet, the minute we make one mistake, we project our own feelings onto God. We say, oh, God doesn't like this. God is shaming me. God is putting me in the corner. God is punishing me. And yet, a loving God, you think a loving God would do that? A loving God cares for you. A loving God wants you to grow. A loving God wants you to succeed. A loving God wants you to move on to where you're in a place where you can actually exercise the gifts that have been given to you. And yet, sometimes, the mind plays tricks. The Apostle Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. For some of us, our life situations have uh, done a doozy on us, right? We have one experience, and it's broken our hearts. And that's all we can think of. And I want to be very clear. Sometimes those ex experiences keep us from engaging with God, but sometimes those experiences require us to disengage with the negativity and the evil that is in those situations. And so you want to be engaged and be more engaged with God? You want to be more engaged with the church? You need to disengage with all those environments that are putting you in a place where you think you're not worthy of the ground you walk on. You've got to stop putting yourselves and in situations and in relationships where you feel like you're not worthy to breathe the air that God has given us. If you believe in a loving God, and let's go a step further, for us Christians, folks, followers of Jesus, we claim we believe in a resurrected Christ, right? What good is the concept of a resurrected Christ if your mind never resurrects with Christ? What good is the concept of a resurrected Christ if our lives aren't resurrected themselves? And so we can believe in a resurrected Christ all we want, but until we actually put the work in and renew our minds and work with God to cleanse those old thought patterns, those negative thoughts, feelings, emotions, and not just on ourselves. We have to work with therapists and folks and forgiveness. We've got to do all of this but we have to do the work ourselves. It's a hard thing. It's not easy. And yet, I bet there's something that can be so transformative in our lives. We claim to be anointed ones, and yet, how anointed are we? You believe in an anointed Christ? What good is an anointed Christ if you don't believe you're anointed yourself? 
We say all the time that Jesus and the Christ principle lives right here within us, and yet we don't think we're worthy or we're good enough. If you don't believe in yourself and you renew your own mind, then you can't expect anyone else to do it for you. Someone said that no doctor tends to a patient whose condition is hopeless. They say, make them comfortable. There's nothing more we can do. And yet in this place here and now, as agents of God, there is something you still can do. You are not over yet, no matter what your diagnosis is, no matter your current situation, no matter the pain you feel and the fear that has enwrapped you, but God and but Christ who lives within you. In this moment, right here and right now, there is an opportunity right here and right now to release the negativity and be renewed in your mind so that you can be transformed, so your family can be transformed, so our church can be transformed, so the city of Houston can be transformed, so this world can begin to look like the kingdom of God that Jesus preached about 2,000 years ago. Yes, volunteer, absolutely. We want you to do that. Please, 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 and please. Renew your mind. Be transformed with God. Do you believe God is here? Then repeat after me. God is here. I am anointed. God is here. I am anointed. And I am worthy. My mind is renewed. And I believe I am able. God bless you this day.